0: Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. You can live freed up and not fed up. Well, listen, guys, this is the time of the year where I take a little bit of a break And so I'm taking a little bit of a sabbatical away, but Freed Up still goes on. And today I'm excited to air an episode that we did on identity a couple of years ago that's still relevant today. So oftentimes when we're dealing with issues of trauma and we're Talking about releasing things that have been with us for a long time, sometimes shame can really surface and set in. So, listen into this episode on identity, and I hope that you're encouraged to know that you are valued and you are loved. There's not a woman alive, I'm sure of it that hasn't questioned her value and her worth. There's not a woman that you and I know that has always felt good about every part of herself. And you probably can't name one woman in your squad that has not compared herself to another woman. And no matter how confident your crew looks, acts, and seems to be around you, when you hang out at your girls' night, you can best believe that some level of insecurity is hanging out as well. Women everywhere are trying to discover their authentic selves the best way they know how, and yet this process often trips us up instead of making us feel freed up. Dove is a leading global beauty brand that has initiated multiple projects to help women celebrate their natural beauty and their authentic and unique selves. Their larger goal has been to help women of all ages see their overall beauty, both inner and outward as a source of confidence and not anxiety. And in light of this, they've done extensive research in trying to understand how women truly feel about themselves. And they've also implemented solutions to support their campaign for building women's confidence and esteem. In a major study that they conducted with approximately 10,500 women from 13 countries, their research uncovered this, only 4% of women consider themselves beautiful. And for women in the U.S., nine out of 10 women revealed that they skip important activities, including going to the doctor and going out for dinner if they do not feel good about how they look. Four out of five tweets included negative content when a woman was talking about herself and her beauty. These statistics are from a pretty large and diverse sample, and they paint a clear picture of how pervasive the struggle is for women as it relates to how we view ourselves. So it's no surprise that young women and girls are having a rough go of it as well. In another study that Dove conducted and reported in their National Report on Self-Esteem, they found that 7 in 10 girls believe they are not good enough and do not measure up in some way, including their looks, Performance in school and relationships with family and friends. 98% feel immense pressure from external sources to look a certain way, and 92% would like to change something about the way they look, with body weight ranking as the highest area for change. And 75% of girls with low self esteem reported engaging in negative activities such as disordered eating, cutting, bullying, smoking or drinking at the times that they were feeling badly about themselves. And social media was reported as a primary source for feeling validated and measuring self-worth. This data might have shocked you or it may not have surprised you at all. And while a few of us probably shook our heads when hearing these statistics, the reality is that they likely represent some of our own feelings and experiences and those of others around us. It's interesting, though, because what these statistics reveal to me is that women and girls are relying heavily on inadequate sources to define who they are, including a heavy dependence on external beauty standards and validation from social media and other people's opinions. But this also makes clear for me one thing in particular. We have a desperate need to reconnect back to our creative And covenant identity, so that we can know God's truth about who we are and know that our value is not up for grabs, but it has already been graciously given to us. I want to talk about some specific features that are connected to our God given identity. The first one is so huge for us, and that is this feature of accepting our value in our word. So, listen, God has already done so much for us and continues to do so. He showed us his grace by doing these three things. He assigned our worth. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says that God created both male and female in his image. Our value is inherent because we are his image bearers. And then he affirms our worth. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 15 and 16 tells us, That God could never forget us because we are engraved on the palms of his hands. Yes, God has a tattoo of you. And you know what else? God affirms our worth every day by taking care of us. Morning by morning, new mercies he gives us. And Matthew chapter 6, verse 26 also reminds us that God takes care of the birds and he feeds them. But he says, how much more valuable are you than them? God continues to affirm your value every day. And then God preserves our worth. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 22 says that God has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a deposit that guarantees and preserves everything he has promised us. And I love this description in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 4. Even to old age and gray hair, God will take care of us, sustain us, and see us through. All we have to do is just accept our worth. Can somebody just say, this is a major hookup? But let's go back for a moment and hear again all that God has done. God assigns our worth. God affirms our worth. God preserves our worth. So think about it for a moment. Which of these three did God leave up to you to do? I sure hope that you said none because God didn't need your help or mine with any of this. He took care of your value and worth when he made you. So listen, sis, that doesn't change simply because someone else says something different about you or you think something different about yourself. Or maybe someone has done something to you or you've done something yourself that you think has changed your value. The only part God asks you to play in all of this is to accept all that he's already done for you and believe that you are valued and have worth because he loved you enough to give it all to you by grace. And God's work is untouchable by anyone's words, actions and behaviors, including yours. I can imagine that for some, it must be overwhelming to just accept God's love, to believe that he made you in his image and gave you your identity, your value and your worth as well. Maybe you're one that has heard harsh words about yourself all of your life or you had such a difficult life experience that you question why you're even here. And so many lady loves in this circle are just trying to delete the negative mental tapes that keep playing in their minds. And they're trying to push past the heart wounds that are still tender because of something that someone did that made them feel unworthy and unloved. And the hardest lift of all may be for those that are trying to find value and esteem in yourself again after your own mistakes and questionable choices. These feelings and thoughts and experiences, no doubt, can be difficult to move beyond. But we can still be freed up in this truth. No matter what was said, what was done, your value and your worth still has not changed because God assigned it. God affirms it and he preserves it. A beautiful illustration of this truth is found in the New Testament in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 17 through 22. This parable shared here by Jesus is referred to as the story of the prodigal son. And parables were used quite a bit by Jesus when he was talking with his disciples to basically illustrate a spiritual principle using a story that provided a visual and an earthly context. The summary of that story is this. A father had two sons. The younger asked for his inheritance, and the father divided up the estate between the two sons. The younger son took his inheritance and everything that he owned, and he left for a distant land. And while he was there, he wasted everything that he had been given through his inheritance. He spent it living a wild and a frivolous lifestyle. And after he had spent everything, a famine came upon the land, and he had nothing. He was destitute. So eventually he started working as a servant for a citizen of that country. And as part of his job, he had to feed their pigs. But being destitute, he had nothing to eat. And he was so hungry that he desired to eat the food that the pigs were eating. And yet nobody offered him anything. And at some point, he had an aha moment. He came to his senses and he thought, Now, my father's servants have food left over, and here I am starving to death. I'm going to return home, and this is what I'll say to my father. Father, I've sinned against heaven and you by wanting to do things my own way. I am no longer worthy to be called your son, but make me like one of your servants. So the son had this plan in mind. And he had his words rehearsed for when he would return home and would see his father. So he set out for home. And while he was still a long way away, his father saw him. And he was filled with compassion for him. And he ran out to meet his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. And so the son starts out with his rehearsed speech. He says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But before he could finish what he had planned to say, his father says to his servants, quick, come bring the best robe and put it on my son. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate his return home. Y'all, this story gives me so much joy. Because tucked so neatly and powerfully in the midst of these important themes about grace, forgiveness, and restoration is the affirming and preserving of the son's value and worth. See, this son had left home after demanding his inheritance before it was time to receive it. And then he chose to live in a reckless and an irresponsible way. And after he came to ruin, he had to live in the consequences of his behaviors. And that caused him to question his worth. And because of that, he decided for himself that he should live like a servant when he was actually the son of royalty. See, because he thought less of himself, he expected less for himself. And he thought his fathers and others would feel the exact same way. Isn't that just like us? But instead, The father assured his son that his value had not changed, and he dressed him in the royal attire of his son, and he gave him a lavish celebration that proved his worth to everyone in the house. And you know what else says? God is reminding us today that we are still his daughters, valued and loved in this exact moment, right where we are, and regardless of where we've been. Is there something that you're holding on to that keeps you from feeling like you're valued in the way that God says you are? Where do you struggle to accept and believe what God has done for you in assigning, affirming and preserving your worth? And how will you respond to God knowing that he still calls you daughter no matter what you've experienced in your life? In the therapy world, low self-worth and low self-esteem are referred to often as thinking disorders. And a primary part of the treatment process includes this use of cognitive behavioral therapy, which we call CBT. This is an intervention that helps to break down and redirect negative thinking and belief patterns in order to shift behaviors and associated outcomes. Well, the Bible has always had much to say about our thinking and how it affects our spiritual lives and our emotional health. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 tells us this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What we think impacts how we feel and how we live. And how we feel and live shapes what we think. And so in order to lift up from any negative thoughts and belief patterns we have about who we are, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 gives us this perfect strategy. It says, we destroy people's arguments and every proud thing that raises itself against the knowledge of God. We capture every thought and make it give up and obey Christ. Every time you think something other than what God has said about you, you need to mentally capture that thought and put it up against God's words spoken to you and about you. So here's how that looks. If you think, man, I've damaged my value by my actions, then mentally you grab that thought and redirect it to Psalm 103 verse 12, which says, He has removed our sins as far from us as the East is from the West. If you think, man, I don't belong anywhere. Grab that thought, redirect it to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 that tells us even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us to be in Christ holy and without fault in his eyes. If you think I'm not good for anything, squash that thought and fix your mind on the truth of Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, that says we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I hope that you'll use this exercise daily to help lift out of any negative thinking patterns that you might be experiencing. See, the blessing of being reconciled back to God through Jesus and being reconnected to our covenant identity is that we have full confidence in the word of God and his promises. If you have yet to take the step in being reconciled back to God, know that you are fully loved by him and you have a created identity in him. He desires to draw you closer and bring you into a covenant relationship. So finally, when we accept our value and our worth, we can experience another feature of our God-given identity, and that is to live authentically. The authentic living is confident living. Those that know their worth in God live unapologetically in who God made them to be. They are fierce and live freed up from the burden of being defined by other people's opinions and beliefs. And this is so important. Because when authenticity is lacking, a disconnect has occurred between who a person really is and who they are trying to be for others. And in that space, you're not able to be real with God, with yourself, or with anyone else. And at best, you're showing up as a fragmented, distorted version of who God made you to be. But see, a woman that lives accepting her worth and is living authentically knows that God put her here on earth for far more than a preoccupation with her external looks and others' opinions about her via social media or any other source. This woman knows that her God-given identity and worth is intended for a God-given assignment and purpose. And it comes with his grace to prepare her for the works that she will do for him through the authority and power That God gives her to accomplish it all. Just like Jesus, who knew who he was, he knew his worth in God, and he lived in truth and authenticity. He stayed true to his assignment, which was to seek and save the lost. And he stayed connected to his Father for divine authority to fulfill what he was sent to do. And because he completed his assignment, God rewarded him in a big way. He gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord and God will get the glory. And God wants to reward us and get the glory out of our lives too. Wow, I needed to hear that all over again. And listen, we all struggle with our identity from time to time. It's something that we deal with in this world that we live in, and especially in this age where there's so much attention on what we look like on the outside and what our brand is. And listen, I want you to know that God has been in the branding business since the beginning of time, and he created you as a masterpiece. And I hope that you can connect into knowing that, that he's chosen you, that you are royal, that you are beautiful, that you are his daughter or his son, and he loves you. And so I want to pray for you for just a second. God, I thank you for every person who is listening. I thank you that you fearfully and wonderfully made them, that they are special to you. I pray that we will always remember that our identity is in you and you have already told us who we are. We just need to believe it and walk in faith knowing that no matter what other messages we hear, we are valued and accepted in you. And we thank you for giving us the very essence of who we are and we bless you in Jesus name. Amen. Well, listen, y'all have a great next two weeks and we'll be back again with something very special for you to hear from God's heart to yours. Remember you do not walk this path alone. I am walking right alongside with you as well as the whole freed up family. God loves you. I love you and make sure you take care of you.